Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter to me again. I see robots. I'm not a hero. I just sacrifice to make your life a little better each and every week. This week, it's going to get a whole lot better. We're going to talk about SACCON. Went to SACCON over in Sacramento. We're going to have a nice little talk about that. Going to take a look at a movie I saw on videotape called Buck Rogers. It's basically a video cassette version of the introduction movie. After that, it's on to the Retro Toy Marketplace where we're going to take a look at... The Fall Guy by Ertl, one of my favorite toys of all the times. It was a really neat truck with a little Fall Guy action figure. Super duper duper great stuff. It's a good show like always. You know, stop right now. Go tell a friend to download it so you can both listen to it together. All right, here we go. Hit it. Yo, ISR man, I don't understand this man. Yo, you've got to slow down man, you're losing them. Radio, suckers never play me. You are listening to the Toys R Us Report. You better get a grip on those lips and get off the bandwagon. Or get on the bandwagon if you aren't already. But since you are here, I imagine that in some way you are in our bandwagon. All right, guys. Is it in the bandwagon? I think it is on the bandwagon, as if it is something you ride. At any rate, this Sunday, me and the fam went to one of my favorite events of the year, SACCON in good old Sacramento. SACCON isn't one of those giant mega shows like WonderCon or San Diego Comic-Con. It is a small town, family-oriented con. The idea is that they want to provide you with a fun day for a mere $10 ticket. It's a great price. It's a lot of fun. They always have some nice guests. And it's small enough that you can go around and see everything that there is to offer... And really give it the attention that it deserves. Sometimes when we go to the bigger shows, you really only get to walk by and glance at all the tables. And to me, I'm there to buy cool stuff. I'm there to look for toys. And if I don't get my time to look for my toys, it's just a big waste to good old me. Overall, though, I do have to say that I was a little bit disappointed with the vendor room. What I do is I I save up my extra money. I save up my extra flea market money and my extra coins, and I put them in a bank. And then when time for the show rolls around, I pull it out, and whatever I have saved is what I have to spend on silly toys. This time, I had about 100 bucks. Which is pretty good. That's a lot of money to spend on toys, to me anyway. When I have that much, I'm looking to get something cool, like a carded Joe or a vehicle in the box, and I did not see one anywhere. I did get some neat things, though. Let's take a quick look at what I got at the show. The first thing that I scored on was a Calibos action figure from Clash of the Titans. I only have one Clash figure in my collection right now, and that is Perseus. So now he has somebody to battle with. From the same vendor, I got a Mattel Superpowers Firestorm. He is in great shape. I think this figure is really neat. And also, I got a... Mego Mr. Spock, one of the smaller ones, not the full-on super dope Migos, but a very nice Mr. Spock 
for a total of $5. I am pretty happy with all these uh, little guys. Later in the show, I picked up a big stack of Starlog and other science fiction magazines from my vendor for only like 15 bucks. I'm very pleased. That's under a dollar a magazine. And that's really nice. I am a big magazine collector. I love to read them. What I do is I give myself one vintage Starlog per month to look at so I can pretend like I'm still subscribed. I know. It, it's horribly geeky and I should be embarrassed and never admit it, but you know, what are you going to do? It's what I like to do with my time. There was also a screening of The Space Invaders, the home arcade documentary with a Q&A with the director. We didn't stay for the Q&A, but I did watch the movie and I thought it was pretty fun. If you get a chance, go check that out. Good stuff. Especially for you retro junkies out there. I think all you video game guys would really dig this movie if you haven't seen it already. The big guest at the show was DMC from Run DMC, and as embarrassed as I am to admit it, I was a little too nervous to go talk to him. The dude is one of, he is one of my artistic idols, and I was just a little too scared to go talk to him. I don't know. I don't like putting myself in front of celebrities' faces. I don't feel like he owes me anything, and I just... I don't want to meet him and I don't want to have it turn out bad. I know it won't turn out bad and he looked and seemed like a very nice guy. I watched him interact with other people for a while and he seemed like a really cool, really nice guy. I'm just a little on the shy side, believe it or not. I'm a little on the shy side and I was a little nervous. I didn't do it and I do kind of regret it. It would have been cool just to give him a big, big thumbs up and tell him what I thought. But this was a great show overall. It has a real nice family feel to it, which I appreciate. It's affordable. It's not insanely crowded. It is a good show. It's what going to a show is about to me. Going and interacting with people you like who like the same things, looking at things that you like. It's just a good old geeky good time. Yo, ISR, they think we're taking shorts, man. Show them this is called Medina. Come on, kick it. In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? You were aboard the King's flagship, Draconia, under command of the Royal Princess Ardala. Get me intercept. You deviate from my orders, you will be burned into vapors. Vapors? What is that? This is Twiki. He's your drone. What we are going to review today is the movie release of the Buck Rogers in the 25th Century television pilot. It's a little interesting. It's an interesting little story to me. Basically, what wound up happening was that Universal commissioned a pilot through Glenn Larson's for a Buck Rogers TV show. The world was riding high on Star Wars mania, so... Universal was like, hey man, we need to horn in on this as well. Why don't we try and make something of our own with something that we already own? And what they had was Buck Rogers. And hey man, he is a proven entity. A future indicator of getting over is the fact that you have gotten over in the past. And Buck Rogers had gotten over in the past, so it stood to reason that Buck Rogers might also get over in the future. So they went ahead and they shot the pilot. And it tested so well with the audiences that they went ahead and released it in the movie theaters. A completely unprecedented maneuver. The movie did not get the big North American release. It did get a big European release, but it was only released in some key areas in the United States. I got to see it, though. I remember going to see it. They opened a new mall 
near where I lived, and the new mall had a movie theater. And, uh, the movie theater was showing Buck Rogers, and I guess my dad maybe had some kind of familiarity with the character from, uh, his youth, so he took me to see it, and man... It was great. I was immediately in love with it. Of course, as a kid, my favorite character was Tweaky the Robot and Dr. Theopolis. I was totally into how he was like, picky, picky, picky. I don't even know. I was going around saying it all the time. This is a great movie. I loved it. It's the initial series where... It was a two-parter. It's the initial series where he gets transported from the past into the future. The 25th century to be exact. And he faces all kinds of changes. Society has changed. Everybody he knows has passed away. It is, it's a very sad story and it's treated very sad. There is a lot of adventure, but they do go out of their way to make you understand or at least try to make you understand what Buck would be going through facing these difficult changes. At its heart, Buck Rogers is a tragedy. Some of the best parts are when Buck brings the 80s back, well, not back, <laughs> when he brings the 80s forward into the 25th century. There's a great scene where he's like dancing with the princess and he's showing her his cool 80 moves, 80s moves. Gil Gerard, who plays Buck Rogers, is the best. I love that dude and I don't know why he wasn't in just about everything that came out. Everything would have been made better with a little dose of Gil Gerard. Imagine the A-Team, led by Gil Gerard. Not to say that Hannibal didn't do a good job. I mean, um, George Prepard, not saying he didn't do great, but imagine it with Gil Gerard at the helm. Imagine Battlestar Galactica with no Dirk Benedict, but instead Gil Gerard. All right, let's take it a little further. Imagine there's no Lauren Green, but instead Gil Gerard. How about this? Take it to the present day, and there is no... Edward James almost, instead, an older, more seasoned Gil Gerard is helming the Galactica. It's good stuff. My guess is that you have already seen this. It was on Netflix for the longest time. It's not now, but it was. You probably saw it when it was on there. If not, hop on over to YouTube. I bet you can find it. Maybe Vimeo. Buck Rogers in the 25th century gets the ISR. 10 thumbs up salute. Get ready for the retro marketplace. Okay, I see robots. This is your one chance. Show them what you got. The Fall Guy by Ertl. It's Munchy Chi, girl doll, boy doll. School time and football fan outfits are each sold separately. Munchy Chi, Munchy Chi. Oh, so soft and cuddly. With the thumb in her mouth, she's really neat. Fun to wiggle with little feet. Monchichi girl doll and boy doll are each sold separately from Mattel. Monchichi, Monchichi. Oh, so soft and cuddly. You might be wondering why we are starting off a piece on the Fall Guy with the Monchichi commercial. Well, there is a story attached. I had a couple key tactics to acquire new toys. One of them was the carry method in which I would carry something I wanted with me the entire time I was in the store and then I would like, on the QT, put it on the conveyor belt and hope that it would go through unnoticed. The other tactic was I would just straight up pester. I would pester and cajole and bother until it came time to, uh, well, it came time for them to eventually give in. And as a parent, I know there is a point where you just straight up surrender. You have to give in. It's not worth it anymore to have all your time ruined. And any fight you have might get a little too aggressive. Anytime you're like trying to get your children to stop something, you have to think about it. Because 
it can straight up get aggressive because nobody likes being told what to do no matter what age you are and once you kind of as a parent lay down a doctrine it has to be respected or else you you will lose control so you might have to force them and you have to wonder is it going to be worth the conflict sometimes it's better to give in especially if it is a little thing like your child wants a manchichi yes i said wants a manchichi that tune that they had in the commercial was straight up addictive and for a quick minute Monchichis were a minor rage at my school. I swear it was that song. That song was in everybody's head. Everyone was singing it. I swear I feel like I can hear it right now. It still haunts me until this day and I swear to you that every once in a while I hear myself humming it unconsciously. Isn't that weird? Monchichi, Monchichi. Oh my god, I'm doing it right now. I apologize. Monchichis were all the rage, like I said, and finally I was able to pester my parents enough that my mom was going to take me over to service merchandise and let me get one. So we went over to service merchandise one afternoon to pick up a Monchichi. Do you remember service merchandise? It was a catalog store. They don't really have those anymore. The idea was that all the items would be on display on the floor and you would carry a pad with you and um, you would write down what you wanted on the pad and then turn it in to the cashier who would then arrange to have all the items available for you to pick up in the back of the store. It was, I don't know what the deal was with that. We would go there a lot to get things. I don't know if maybe it was cheaper because there, I don't know, there was like less salespeople involved. I have no idea what the deal was with service merchandise, but this is where we went to pick up the Monchichi. But tragedy struck and they had no Monchichis at service merchandise and my mom was not about to go somewhere else to look. I was inconsolable. I was crying. The manager of the store saw me crying and probably wanting to shut me up tried to show me some other toys that they had. One of the toys they had was the Fall Guy truck by Ertl and because it was a return to the catalog location, it was around the same price as the Manchichi. The deal was, because it was an already opened return, the guy was going to let us have it for the same price as the Manchichi, which he earlier told us they did not have. A great deal, one my mom was more than happy to accept, so I got to take the Fall Guy truck home with me. I was so excited. This was a win. Not only did I get a toy... I got a much bigger toy. I got a vehicle with an action figure. And, you know, that is such a bigger score than a dumb monkey stuffed animal that could suck its own thumb. Let's take a look through my VHS collection. They did not make any commercials for the Fall Guy toys from Ertl, but I did manage to find a super spectacular Fall Guy TV commercial. It's for a very special episode. Let's pop it in here and take a listen. I'll be back in a moment. small wonder becomes a big winner at the Special Olympics. Larry Holmes, Lou Ferrigno, and Bruce Jenner make it a very special Christmas for the fall guy. I love you, Cole. I love you too, Jason. Wednesday. The Fall Guy was an action-adventure television show that aired on ABC from 1981 up until 1986. That's five seasons and 113 total episodes. That is a good run by anybody's standards. The show focuses on the adventures of stuntman slash bounty hunter 
Colt Seavers, played by the always awesome $6 million man vet, Lee Majors. A typical episode kind of went like this. It would start with Colt on the set of a TV show or a movie getting ready to do some kind of a stunt. And while doing the stunt, Lee Majors would also do a voiceover explaining how hard it was to make ends meet as a stuntman. So he would sometimes have to go out there and hunt bounties. While we are uh, on this topic, what does ends meet even mean? Sometimes I go with my wife to the grocery store and I see these bags full of uh, salami end pieces all together and it's called ends meet. And I'm thinking, is this what that means? Does making ends meet only mean that like you are going to eat these uh, horrible salami pieces for a living? I look at him and I go, I want to buy him for Ursa the dog because I think she would love him. But me personally, maybe I would gnaw on it. But I would not think that I was doing that well if uh, this was my primary source of ends meat. I don't know. It is a weird phrase. If you know what it means, don't let me know because I'd rather just think about these pieces of uh, pepperoni ends instead of the actual meaning, which isn't as exciting as that, I'm sure. So our boy Colt would supplement his stuntman wages by going out and chasing criminals who were on the lam. That's how he would earn his pepperoni ends, or ends meat as we like to say. Or at least I like to say. A typical episode would also have him doing the stunt that he did in the beginning, but in a real life situation in order to catch the crook he was after. It's cool how that would always work out that way. It was never that maybe a stunt he did previously, like in a few episodes earlier, would come back. It was always that the stunt he just did was the one he would do. That is almost like Big Van Vader wins a match with a powerbomb, and then while on the way home, a crook assaults him and he powerbombs him, I guess. That would be cool. Wouldn't you like to see that Big Van Vader powerbombing some crook, like right into the gutter? That would really tickle me pink. Unless, of course, the dude was really hurt, but... If he wouldn't have messed with an aged Van Vader, he wouldn't be laying in a crater, I guess. So, it's all on him. Okay, enough silliness. Let's take a look at Ertl. Ertl is a toy company based out of Dyersville, Ohio. It was founded in 1945 by Fred Ertl. As a company, Ertl was most known for producing die-cast metal vehicles and farm implements. As a matter of fact, they got their first big break by landing a contract with John Deere, which allowed them to make replica tractors and whatnot. Eventually, though, they went on to work with many diverse properties, such as Super Mario Brothers, DC Comics, Star Wars, and of course, The Fall Guy. In 1999, Ertl was purchased by Racing Champions. They still operate today under the RC2 umbrella, a small Racing Champions sub-company. In 1982, Ertl went for it on their own and started producing a action figure line called Ertl Superstars. One way that Ertl Superstars differed from other lines on the market at the time was they were made out of die-cast metal. Yeah, that is a little weird, and I remember thinking it was a little weird at the time. I had a couple of the dudes, and they kind of stood out from my other figures because they weren't plastic. The Ertl Superstars had five points of articulation. The left arm, the right arm, both legs, and also the head. They only produced five Ertl Superstars, but the five that they produced were all awesome. Let's take a look. Let me do what I do best. I'm going to read off a list. All right, here we go. The first one was Smokey from Smokey and the Bandits. I mean, that's awesome. The second one was Rocky from the Rocky movies. And then they made a couple of race car drivers, Richard Petty and Darrell Waltrip. And of course, the icing on the cake, one Colt Seavers. Unfortunately, there was only one wave 
of Ertl Superstars. The mind boggles when you think of the possibilities they might have had with this line if they went forward. Think about it. From Smokey and the Bandit, you might have gotten Jerry Reed, or you might have gotten Buford T. Justice. Think about Rocky. You could have gotten Clubber Lang. You could have gotten Polly. You could have got Spider Rico. It's amazing. If you think about it, you could have gotten uh, race car driver Dick Trickle. You could have gotten Heather Thomas from The Fall Guy. The mind boggles at the possibilities. Aside from the Ertl superstars, they also released a more standard G.I. Joe style Colt Seavers figure. This is the one that I had. It came packaged with the truck. He was on a three and three quarter inch scale with O-ring construction. He was a full on G.I. Joe replica. A little bit earlier down the line, Ertl had a contract with jean manufacturer Wrangler and they made a Wrangler action figure. Don't even ask me what that is. I have him. He's a dude in a cowboy hat. He looks a little bit like Smokey from Smokey and the Bandit, but it is in fact the Wrangler. And when they made the Colt Seaver figure, they refurbished the Wrangler body, gave him a different head, called him Colt. You can tell he's the Wrangler because he has a belt buckle with a big W on it. The truck that he came with was really great. It was die-cast metal and it was in the high-quality style of an Ertl truck. The one thing that I had as a downside was that it didn't open. There was no way for you to get Colt into the seat. It had sealed windows and a sealed sunroof. Eventually, I broke open the top of mine with a rock so Colt could go inside, but... That was kind of a jerry-rigged fix at best, and he didn't fit in there very well, honestly. But it was still neat to be able to put him in there, even though I had to break him to do so. There was also a Fall Guy stunt plane. It was a biplane with a peg on the top wing where the pilot could stand up there. I don't know if it would be the pilot. I would imagine it's the stunt man, and somebody would still have to pilot the plane, but... The set only came with one dude, so while he was out wing-walking, the plane had to go pilotless. I guess that's the big stunt, dude's ghost-riding the biplane. Super dangerous. The pilot, or the stuntman in this case, isn't Colt Seavers, but he does have the Fall Guys stunt team logo on the back, so maybe he's supposed to be somebody that uh, Colt works with. I don't really know. He's probably some kind of just a refurbished action figure from some other set that they put the Fall Guy logo on because that's what was hot at the time. The final item in the Ertl Fall Guy set was the Pontiac Firebird. It was white and it was beautiful with the Fall Guy logo right on the front. Real custom paint job. Okay guys, let's take a look into the VHS collection. I got a really nice Fall Guy commercial here for you. Let's cue it up. Alright, we are going to start it right about now. Catch a new spirit of action and adventure. Who are you? It's Lee Majors as Hollywood's hottest stuntman. Sometimes I'm Robert Redford. The Fall Guy, a special two-hour premiere, Wednesday, here on ABC. Make sure to visit virtualdirtmall.com and support the show with a generous purchase of some retro or not-so-retro junk. He won't be sorry for long. Okay, this is it. The final third of the Retro Toy Marketplace where I'm going to go online and I'm going to tell you guys what it might cost to get this cool Fall Guy merch back into your collection of stuff. What I like to do is to start at the most expensive sold items and then work my way down. So let's take a peek on the good old eBay here. All right, the first one, the most highest, expensivest, most costly thing we have on here is a 
mint in box, super nice shape, Colt Seaver truck, the one that I had. The Ertl truck went for 315 bucks. Looks like there was a bit of a bidding war. There were 19 bids in total for this. And then moving down, the next three costliest are also trucks. And they go for like 200 and then one jumps down to 117 The one that is 117 looks to me to be the best conditioned one. The box is really nice. Really sharp corners. Good looking one. All right. Here is a loose truck with no figure. It's going for like 100 Going a little lower, here's another loose truck for 77 I think you could probably get one for the 75 range. And they do look to be in fairly good shape for that price. Scooching down a bit more, we get to our first Colt Seavers Ertl Superstar. It looks like it's going for about 81 bucks. That is on the card, very nice shape. It was, I think, what is it, 15 bids here? That's a little... Yeah, that's a good price, I guess. If I had one of those, I might consider selling it for that, I think. I don't know, though. Uh, Colt Seaver's pretty dope. Here is one in not-so-great shape on the card. 30 bucks. Here's another one. 40 bucks. Eh, that's okay, I guess. I would probably be willing to spur splurge in the 20 to $30 range. Definitely not in the $80 range. I don't have that kind of cash laying around. As I'm sitting here right now, Ursa just jumped on my lap out of the blue. I don't know what happened. I guess maybe... I don't know. She just wanted to see what was up. So let's all, let's say hi to Ursa. Hi, Ursa. What are you doing right here? You are such a nice dog. All right, time to move along. Right below that, we get to our first example of the Colt Seaver that game packaged with the Fall Guy truck. This guy comes on the dome, which would be the equivalent of on the card. This is, you know, the original packaging. And yeah, the guy has it up here. It's like 30 bucks. Another one below it is going 20 bucks. These are all auctions with one or two bids each. Loose, he seems to be going for about 12 or $15. That seems about fair for a Colt Seavers figure. This isn't something that you see all the time or anything. Yeah, right. That's about all you probably need to know about that. If you needed to know any of this in the first place, let's get moving. We are going to go along into the final segment of the show, the Toys R Us report itself. Yo, ISR, your man, you got him running scared, man. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment, your weekly toy shop update, the Toys R Us report. All right, dudes, thanks for sticking in this long. I really appreciate it. I know time is money and money is all important. So I appreciate you sacrificing a little bit of that paper chase to come and hang out with your old boy, I see robots here at the Toys R Us Report headquarters. It is still deader than dead over at the toy store. I feel like, dudes, come on, man. Do you guys ever stock the shelves? Because I'm still seeing the same things I have been seeing, I don't know, seemingly forever. Forever and ever, forever and ever, I guess. I don't know. Will we ever get new toys? That is the mystery. Will I ever find the Star Wars Rebel Sabine that I want? Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Will we ever get a rehaul of the Marvel Legends? I don't know. Maybe. It's possible, I guess, at some times, but at this point, it does not seem as if that day will ever come. It has to come, right? It has to. I will keep waiting, and I will keep telling you guys what I know. So maybe someday you'll hear from me, and I'll be like, I did it. I found everything. The store was full of new toys, but that day is not today. Today is the day where it is full of boring old toys, but at least we got to go to SatCon and get up on some cool things over there, right? I mean, that's something. That is something great in and of itself. I just want my Star Wars uh, Rebel Sabine. If you guys see him anywhere, hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up at IC Robots and let me know because I really want it really bad and right now. I am not seeing them anywhere. It's not the end of the world, though. But before we head on out of here with this depressing news, I want to give a big 
thumbs up and a big hey what's up to my friends over at Action Figure Blues. They mentioned me. They were nice enough to mention me on their great podcast. So hey man, thank you for that and I shall in return mention you. I listen to Action Figure Blues every single week and I advise you to do too. They're regular. They are on point. They come out with a show every Thursday and that is that is a lot to ask in this here world of podcasting. What I recommend Wednesday, listen to me. Wednesday, listen to the Atari 2600 podcast with Ferg. Very next day, Action Figure Blues. I mean, that's right there. That's two days of your week that are going to be great. I cannot recommend them high enough. I appreciate everything. Hey, you know what, dudes? We are going to head for the hills. So make sure to check us out on the Retro Junkies on Facebook. Make sure to go to virtualdirtmall.com. Make sure to hit up our friends over at Entertainment Earth. And buy, buy, buy. Buy so much stuff. I need you guys to do that. You like my show? Buy some stuff. Was that threatening? I didn't mean for it to sound that way. I apologize. Also, you gotta go over and listen to the Saturday Frights podcast on theretroist.com. That's our good buddy Vic Sage. And well, it's a great show. He's a great dude and he needs your support. I don't think he needs it, but he wants it. I don't know if he even wants it, but I want you to want to support him because he has been very supportive to us in the past. So... With all that said, dudes, we're going to head for the hills. Make sure to check out everything I told you to check out because, I mean, I'm not going to lead you astray. I would never do that. I won't lead you wrong. You can trust me. You can trust your boy ISR. All right, with that said, if you don't know, now you know. Yeah, that's right. This jam is rated Cold Medina, man. That's right, Cold Medina. We're in EFFECT, otherwise known as Effect. Know what I'm saying? This has been an IC Robots Radio production. Well, I'm not the kind to kiss and tell, but I've been seen with fire up. I've never been with anything less than a nine. So fine. I've been on fire with Sally Field, gone fast with the girl named Bo. But somehow they just don't end up as mine. It's a death defying life I lead. I take my chances. I die for living in the movies and TV. I ever do is watch my leading ladies kiss some other guy while I'm bandaging my knee. I might fall from a tall building, I might roll a brand new car, cause I'm the unknown stuntman that made Redford such a star. I've never spent much time in school, but I taught ladies plenty. It's true, I hire my body out for pay. Hey, hey, I've gotten burned over Cheryl Teague's blown up for Rocky Welch. But when I wind up in the hay, it's only hay. Hey, hey, I might jump an open drawbridge or Tarzan from a vine. Cause I'm the unknown stuntman That makes Eastwood look so fine They'll never make me president But I got the best first ladies Some days I've got them as far as the eye can see A morning dive with Jackie Smith I crash in the night with Cheryl But in the end, they never stay with me 
might fall from a tall building So first rentals don't get hurt I might leave a mighty canyon So he can kiss and flirt While that smooth talker's kissing My girl, I'm just kissing dirt Yes, I'm the lonely stuntman That made a lover out of birth 